18 Tishrei, Yud Ches Tishrei, Tzadik, his life, 19, 122. That summer, the Rebbe went to Berdichev, where there was a gathering of a number of leading figures because the Rebbe's in-law, Rebbe Leibish of Volochysk, was making a wedding for his son. Quite a number of leading figures held a meeting there. I know who some of them were, Rebbe Leibish of Volochysk, his son, Rebbe Yosef Yaska, the leading Rav of Yasi, Reb Zev of Charni Ostrov, Reb Moshe of Krasnoy, the son of Reb Chaim of Krasnoy, Reb Yitzchak of New Constantine, and several others. They all met together in Berdichev to excommunicate the Shpalazeda with Nidoy and Cherem, the most serious forms of rabbinic protest and sanction, for showing contempt for a true Torah scholar, namely the Rebbe. It had already been decided to proceed with the excommunication, with the full agreement of all of them. But one individual from Berdichev upset the whole thing by going to speak to Rebbe Yitzchak of Berdichev. He was able to persuade him that it was not proper that such a thing should be done in Berdichev. Because of this, the idea was thwarted. At the time, the Rebbe was staying with Rebbe Yitzchak, who treated him with great honor, friendship, and affection. He supported the Rebbe from beginning to end. However, he was unwilling that the excommunication should be carried out in his town, having been persuaded by a number of people. This is why the plan was thwarted. Afterward, when the Rebbe left Berdichev, he went to Tolchin, where he had a meeting with some people from Breslov. They invited him there with the agreement of the Rav, the Holy Rebbe Baruch, and the Rebbe came to Breslov halfway through Elul. Rebbe Nachman's wisdom, his praises, 24. From what the Rebbe told us, we understood that in his effort to achieve total self-mastery in his youth, he would often force himself to do things that caused him great pain. He would force on himself every kind of self-mortification, including such practices as rolling naked in the snow. All this was to achieve complete self-control, in order that he could serve God more perfectly. The Rebbe said that the greatest exercise of all in self-control was to refrain from scratching oneself. No matter how badly something itched, he would accept it with absolute serenity. As compelling as the sensation might be, he constrained himself completely and did not move a muscle to relieve it. He said that to allow an itching sensation to continue to increase and not so much as move was the greatest possible form of self-control. There is no at greater agony than to just sit there and feel this crawling sensation in one's mind and not do anything about it. We also heard from others what a great torture this is. Thus, the Rebbe forced himself to undergo every possible form of self-torture. He took it all on himself with truth and sincerity until he achieved his great attainments. Happy is he. Besides this, there were the involuntary sufferings that most tzaddikim endured, Nobody suffered as much as the Rebbe. Such agonies were never before seen or heard, and are beyond all description. He was racked with suffering both inside and out. In his final years, consumption devoured his lungs, and his pain increased without measure. To describe his fearsome anguish is beyond the power of words. Throughout all this, the Rebbe said, My suffering is always in my power. Whenever he wanted to, he could accept the agony and feel it in full measure. But when he wished to, he could negate it and be totally oblivious to all pain. This was true even when the Rebbe's suffering increased beyond all measure. We heard that once he said, When these pains strike, 
I can bite through a wooden board. He gritted his teeth so tightly because of his tremendous pain that he could have bitten through a board. So great was his suffering. During the last three years of his life, the Rebbe's torments grew even worse than this. They multiplied again and again until they were absolutely beyond description. Some of this is recounted briefly in our other writings. There is much more to tell, but we omitted most of even the small amount we were able to understand, for even this would fill many volumes. The vision will come at its appointed time, Habakkuk 2.3, to tell the whole story with God's help. The Aleph Bet Book Faith A. 55. A person of truth can recognize in another if he is speaking falsely or not. 56. A majority of people will not agree to something false. 57. The Holy One despises a person who speaks one way with his lips and another in his heart. 58. Reason cannot tolerate a rich person's deceit. Even he finds himself despicable. 59. Giving charity rectifies one's speech. 60. Truth protects the world from all manner of harm. 61. Flattery leads to lying. 62. A person who gives charity is rewarded with attaining the truth. 63. A person who lies will certainly despise humble people. 64. One can tell from a person's servants whether he is fond of falsehood. Kitzer Likutei Moharan 1. Lesson number 7. 5. When one blemishes the land of Israel, which is so closely bound up with faith and with prayer, exile results. This exile is essentially the exile of prayer, wherein it is impossible to pray or to bring about miracles in the world. 6. There are people who obscure all miracles by explaining them in terms of the laws of nature. When these heretics who do not believe in miracles disappear and faith increases in the world, then the Mashiach will come. For the essence of the redemption primarily depends on this, that is, on faith. 7. It is impossible to come to faith except through truth. The explanation of this is as follows. Faith can only exist in connection to those things that the intellect does not understand. A person certainly does not need to have faith in something that he understands intellectually to be true. But, if this is so, in those areas where the intellect does not comprehend, how can a person come to believe in what he ought to believe in? The answer is that faith essentially depends on truth. If a person wishes to look at the real truth, he will understand on his own that it is correct to believe in the holy faith in God, in the true tzaddikim, and in his holy Torah, even though it is impossible to fully comprehend this properly with our minds, as bound to physicality as they are. For if a person sincerely looks at the truth, he will understand from afar that this is indeed the truth. It is only that it is impossible to comprehend this intellectually. A person must fortify himself only with perfect faith. Understand this well. 8. It is impossible to come to truth except by drawing close to true tzaddikim and following their advice, without deviating to the right or the left from their words. In this way, truth is etched on a person, and he merits faith, prayer, the land of Israel, and miracles, and through these, the redemption will come. 9. The advice that a person receives from the tzaddikim is analogous to a marriage relationship and to holy coupling. For one takes in the drops of the tzaddik's intellect with the advice he receives from him. 
This entails a rectification for sexual transgression. On the other hand, the advice of those who oppose the tzaddikim, those impeders who keep others from them and their ilk, who speak cunningly to entice and seduce people away from the point of truth, represent a blemishing of sexual purity. Therefore, a person who has blemished his sexual purity must guard himself vigilantly against the faulty advice of those who oppose the truth, so as not to lose his whole life in a moment, God forbid. Rabbi Nachman's Stories The King and the Emperor Meanwhile, the emperor's daughter was sailing the sea. At the same time, there was a king who had built his palace near the sea. He felt that this was the best place to build a palace because of the sea breezes and the ships that passed by. When the emperor's daughter sailed the sea, she approached this king's palace. The king looked and saw what appeared to be a ship with no sailors or passengers. He thought that he was seeing an illusion, so he told his men to look. But they also saw the same thing. As the emperor's daughter came closer to the palace, she made up her mind that she had no need for the palace. But when she tried to pull away, the king sent his men and made her come back. They brought her to his palace. This king was not married. He could never make up his mind on anyone. Whenever he wanted a woman, she did not want him, and vice versa. Restore my soul. Likutei Moharan. 38. You will rise and fall hundreds and thousands of times before you merit to serve God perfectly. The greatest tzaddikim have also endured all this. The most important thing is your determination. Let nothing in the world distract you. Never slacken. Only serve God, whatever happens. The main thing is never to despair. You should always make a fresh beginning, as if you have never begun before in your life. Start serving God now, as if this is the very first time. Even in the course of a single day, you may have to start all over again from the beginning any number of times. Lakuti Moharan 2, 48 39. A person sees that he has been praying and begging, entreating and supplicating to be worthy of drawing closer to the service of God. But still, after all this time, there is seemingly not the slightest response. He begins to think that no one is listening, as if he is deliberately being rejected from God's service, as if he is completely unwanted. He loses heart and begins to look down on himself. He starts slackening his efforts to serve God. This person should be ashamed of himself for questioning God's ways. He should remember God's attributes. Truly, he is gracious and full of kindness. Exodus 34, 6 To be sure, it is his wish that this man too should draw close, that he should steal himself and start all over again. Lakute Moharan 2 Rev. Letters Year 1 Letter number 11 our comrades all send loving and hearty greetings and are all waiting for good news from you. Amen. The righteous Adol, may she live, along with her wise son, may he live, and her bright daughter, may she live, with God's help, are all alive and in good health. You should also know that with God's help we are on the verge of salvation with regard to the printing house. By his loving kindness and miracles, God has helped us and they have already allowed me to open it. So far, it is only the building but as far as I'm concerned, even that is very good. The press itself is still down, but I've already received a letter from Vilna indicating that the license is forthcoming. May God finish for me and have the license arrive soon for good. May the press open, and may we be worthy of spreading the Rebbe's teachings to glorify and sanctify God's blessed name in the world. 
Amen. May it be his will. Give the one gold piece to the carrier. May the Master of Salvation bring redemption soon. The two four-cornered garments are what Rab David was able to find, but he doesn't want to go home until after Shabbat. He said he would send them to him as soon as possible. We were amazed that he was willing to pay so much, but without it he can't do anything until our friend arrives. Rabbi Yisrael, may his light shine, asks, and I urge you as well, to keep a constant lookout for merchants who sell them. Perhaps you will be able to get them for less. Just be sure they are secure. In any case, no deal can be closed until our friend arrives. Reb David just came and told me that he has delivered the two garments to the carrier of this letter. Things are very pressured. I cannot continue. May God give you joy. Reb Nussin's Letters, Year 2 Letter number 241 With thanks to God, Monday, 9 Sivan, 5597 My beloved son, may he live. Remember and do not forget everything that happened and was heard this past holy, awesome Shavuot. Pay close attention to the hands gesturing hints and signaling to every one of you in your hearts through my words, which emanate from the flowing spring in spoken words and in writing. See Likutei Moharan 2, Lesson 7, Part 10. Fortify yourself with the utmost determination. Joy in God is your fortress at all times. Just fortify yourselves and be strong. The words of your father, Nasan of Breslov, Shemot HaTzadikim, Vayechalkim David, Laadan, Shimi, Yechiel, Zetam, Yoel, Shlomit, Chaziel, Haran, Yachat, Zina, Yiush, Viria, Bnei Moshe, Gershom, Ve'Eliezer, Shavuel Harosh, Rechavya Harosh, Shlomit Harosh, Yiriyahu Harosh, Amaria, Yachaziel, Yekam'am, Micha Harosh, Yeshia, Elazar, Kish, Machli, Eder, Yeremot, Shemaya ben Netanel Hasofer, Achimelech ben Evyatar, Esrim Varbaa Rashe Mishmerot Kahuna, Aleph Yehoyariv, Yedaya Habet, Charim Hagimel, Seorim Hadalid, Malkia Hahei, Miamin Havav, Hakots Hazain, Avia Hachet, Yeshua Hatet, Shechanyahu Hayud, El Yashiv Yudalef, Yakim Yudbet, Chupa Yudgimel, Yeshevav Yudalid, Vilga Tedvav, Imer Tedzain, Chezir Yudzain, Hapitzetz Yudchet, Petachia Yudtet, Yechezkel Chaf, Yachin Chaf Aleph, Gamul Chaf Bet, Delayahu Chaf Gimel, Maazyahu Chaf Dalid, Yechdiyahu Yachat, Micha Shamir, Yeshia, Zechariahu, Yaaziyahu, Shoham, Zakur, Ivri, Yirachmael, Bnei Asaf, Zakur, Yosef, Netanya, Asarela, Bnei Asaf, Yedutun, Bnei Yedutun, Gedaliahu, Tziri, Yeshayahu, Chashavyahu, Matityahu, Bnei Heman, Bukiyahu, Matanyahu, Uziel, Shivuel, Yirimot, Chanania, Chanani, Eliata, Gidalti, Romamti Ezer, Yash Bikasha, Maloti, Hotir, Machaziot, Rebunusen's Prayers 1. Prayer number 10. Help me make amends in my lifetime for all the wrong and damage I have done from my childhood until today. Help me cleanse my soul of all the stains and corruption caused by my sins and transgressions. You know my shame, and my disgrace is not hidden from you. All my enemies are before you. 
Shame has broken my heart, and I'm sick with pain. I hoped for someone who would sympathize, but there was no one. I hoped for comforters, but I did not find any. Remove my disgrace, which I dread, for your judgments are good. Let my soul be precious in your eyes. Give full rein to your love as against any strictness and harshness. You have taken my soul out of prison to give thanks to your name. What profit is there in my blood if I go down to destruction? Will the dust acknowledge you or proclaim your truth? Arise, Hashem. Save my soul from all kinds of shame and disgrace, from all evil traits and desires, and from all faults and defects. Forgive me and pardon me for all the damage I have done until now. Remove my shame and throw all my sins into the depths of the sea, to a place where they will never be remembered. Take no account of them. Let them simply disappear into oblivion. From now on, help me cleanse and purify my soul and my body of all evil traits and desires. In future, let me be genuinely pure and holy, just the way you would like me to be. Bringing others closer. Help me bring others back to you as well. You alone know the tragedy of all who are far from your name, imprisoned in their desires and trapped in the net of vanity. Help me talk to them in a way they will accept. Let my words penetrate their hearts. Let me speak words of truth and holiness that will enter their ears and arouse their hearts to come back to you in true teshuva. The sinners will disappear from the earth and the wicked will no longer be there. Let my soul bless Hashem. Hallelujah. Pride and Arrogance Loving God, help me break my arrogance and empty my heart of all pride. Please, Hashem, you know how low I have become. My sins and transgressions have pushed me far away from you. I cannot base my request on any merit of mine. I am undeserving, and I can only ask your help as a free gift of mercy. Your way is to be good to all your creatures and to spread your love and mercy over all your works. Loving God, don't let the least improper thought so much as enter my mind. Don't let the slightest hint of pride or self-importance or motives of trying to impress others ever enter my heart or affect my behavior, so that my hope should not be completely lost, God forbid. The little good I have in me is all from you, because everything is from you. Anything I have given you is yours in the first place. Even this tiny modicum of good is mixed up with a great deal of waste. Much work will be needed to refine it before it will be pure enough to rise up before you. How can someone as distant and grossly material as myself rely on my own merits, when the good in me is less than a drop in the ocean? I have nothing to depend on except your boundless love and kindness. If I go astray and let the slightest hint of pride and arrogance enter my heart, I'd be lost in my wretchedness. How can a simple person like me who is devoid of all good claim to deserve anything? Hashem, I am incapable of explaining myself and expressing all my feelings to you. Just have pity on me, and save me from pride and arrogance. Someone as lowly as myself should really not have to pray about pride at all. It is absurd to think that it could even occur to someone so covered in blemishes from the soles of his feet to the top of his head to entertain the least trace of pride. Even if I had never failed you all my days except in the most minor way, how could I lift up my head and look down on even the merest creature in the world? Considering your overwhelming greatness and exaltedness and the countless favors and blessings you shower upon me every single moment. 
Such is the radiance of your majesty and greatness that even if our only failure was to have fallen a little short of absolute perfection in a matter of minor importance, it would be impossible for us to lift up our heads before you. After all the wrong I have done, I should certainly not have to head to ask you at all about getting rid of arrogance. But Hashem, you know that I am only flesh and blood. My mind is a turmoil of thoughts that sometimes border on madness. I am prone to mo- the most ridiculous motives of wanting to impress people, and I get all kinds of ideas about my own importance, as you know. I am constantly having thoughts like these. They crowd in on me from every conceivable side to the point that I cannot open my mouth and say a single word with true sincerity. I don't know what to do. Where should I run to? Where should I turn? Where will I get help from? It is very painful. Even when I cry and scream, my prayer is closed up because of all the improper thoughts and false motives which attack and confuse me when I'm praying. What can I say? How can I justify myself? God has found my sin. Do with me what you want. Here I am in your hand, like clay in the hand of the potter. Have pity. Save me. I'm like a captive on the way to be killed. Save me. Free me. Loving God, help me and bring me from death to life, from sorrow to joy, from darkness to brilliant light. Loving God, have pity on me. Let the merit and power of the true tzaddikim protect me. With their help, let me break my pride and free myself of arrogance completely. Let me genuinely feel my own lowliness in every limb of my body. Don't let a single tinge of pride or arrogance enter my heart or mind in any way. Bring me to true humility and perfect faith. Help me rid myself of all religious doubts and questions and remove all confusion and dishonesty from my heart. Let them never enter my heart again or the hearts of your people Israel. Let me clap and dance for joy. Help me. Attach myself to the true tzaddikim and channel their Holy Spirit into my heart so that I will come to inner purity and my heart will always be directed to Hashem in truth, faith, and genuine humility. Let this Holy Spirit be drawn into my arms and legs so that I will be able to correct all the wrong I have done with them. Let the spiritual light of my hands and feet be revealed and radiate. Wake up my heart and fill me with the joy of closeness to God. Let this holy joy spread into my arms and legs until I clap my hands and dance. Give me the power to sweeten and remove all harsh decrees from myself and all your people, the house of Israel, through clapping my hands and dancing in holiness. Let me lift up my hands and feet and elevate them and cleanse them of all impurity. Master of the universe, my hands are weak. Put strength into them. My knees are unsteady. Fortify them. Help me purify and sanctify my hands and feet. Tell the prisoners, go out. Don't let my feet stumble. Release them from their chains. If my feet have walked the path of sin and death, quickly bring them back from death to life so that I will be able to say, my foot stood on firm ground. My hands are soiled with all kinds of filth and dirt. Have pity on me and cleanse them. Remove the pollution that clings to them. Loving God, forgive me for all the damage I have done with my hands and feet. From now on, help me sanctify my hands and feet and keep them free of all wrong and impurity. Let me constantly use my hands and feet to do mitzvot so as to elevate them to their holy source and reveal their spiritual radiance. 
Let me clap my hands and dance for joy.